I heard today that the sheriff now values your neck at 500 gold pieces. I say we take him in. Will, do you think that the sheriff will give everything back after I'm gone? He'll give us the reward and our pardons. Wrong. Well, stretch your necks one by one. What would you have us do? Fight armored men on horseback with, with, with rocks in our bare hands? Needs be. But with the one true weapon that escapes you, Will. Courage. I, for one, would rather die than to spend my life in hiding. The sheriff calls us outlaws. But I say we are free. And one free man defending his home is more powerful than 10 hired soldiers. The Crusades taught me that. I will make you no promises save one. That if you truly believe in your hearts that you are free, then I say we can win. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Yes, uh, one one free man defending his home is stronger than ten hired soldiers. You know what? I think uh, we're about to see some of this happening at the Republican convention as the as we get closer to the nominations. If the people's votes aren't respected, and they try to steal it and go somewhere else and put somebody else up there uh, for the nomination, um, I think you're going to see a lot of people feel that way, that, hey, you know what? The government is doing a lot of stuff that we're not comfortable with. We're not comfortable with the the spin that's on it and how they're selling it to us. And we're going to talk a lot about that because a lot of stuff transpired this last week, and we're going to talk about that. But before I do, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender located in the city of Moreno Valley. Also offices in Temecula, Corona, Orange, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all of Southern California for all your real estate finance needs. If you are interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get some information but you don't want to talk to me on the phone, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on apply now, fill in as much information as you want to give me and give me some information of what you're looking for to fill in your, uh, to piece together your real estate finance puzzle. Uh, and you'll hear back from either myself or uh, one of my teammates, uh, Matt Bradbury, Randy Sampius, Alex Rojas, Justin Clark, um, or, uh, Eric Marquez. And, uh, you'll hear, uh, you'll hear back from one of us and we'll help you, uh, put together whatever it is you're trying to do, whether you're trying to refinance a house you already own or purchase a new one uh, to live in, a purchase an investment property, purchase a, a, a second home, uh, maybe uh, help out one of your kids to get them moved out of your house. You know, uh, Don and I have uh, have uh, three kids and each time one of them moved out, uh, we were really sad for about 15 minutes. And then we said, hey, we're free. All right. The house is empty now. Just us and our uh, 200 and set. 
had had Tank to the vet this week. Officially, 207 pounds. Uh, I've been saying he was 210. I guess he lost three pounds somewhere. So 207. Of course, I was just estimating because last time we could get him to stand still on the scale, he was smaller and he was like 192. So I figured he had to be about 210. I was off by three pounds. So me and Don and uh, and Tank and uh, and our cat Smokey are inhabiting our house. So if you're if you've got kids at home and they're staying there and you're thinking I don't want to push them out, we're gonna be lonely. You won't. <clears throat> Be a good parent and make them be good adults and uh, pay their own bills and have their own way, make their own way in, in life. They'll, you'll be happier and they'll be happier. Uh, if you heard something on this show that you want repeated, you can uh, also go to edhoffman.net, click on listen to the main event. You can hear this show as well as several past shows. And you can also get the podcast on iTunes. Go to iTunes, search the main event or search Ed Hoffman and you'll see my, uh, my podcast. Now, if I just found out this week that apparently some of you that subscribed, uh, we changed, uh, we were uploading them with one program and the program changed or podcast revolution ceased to exist or something so my it guy was uploading it with a different different uh uh with a different uh, upload program and uh, some of you got dropped off so yeah if so if you think hey how come he doesn't put this on podcasts anymore if you're not getting it automatically and you were getting it popping up on your on your iphone or your ipad or your ipod or your iwatch or your computer um go back in and subscribe again and it'll start coming up every week and it's free it's free. You can play it anytime you want. Don't have to worry about uh, waiting for what time I'm on the radio. You can play it in your car or your or uh, on your phone or anywhere you want, uh, anytime you want. Um, if you want to listen to uh, I, if you want to follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, I tweet about current events all week long. If I see something, I see something that I have an opinion on. Uh, I let you know it. And uh, you don't have to wait all. You don't have to wait till the next week to hear what I think about something. You can uh, like the show on Facebook by uh, Facebook search the main event 590, and uh, find the show page. You can also read my weekly opinion columns on iebusinessdaily.com. Click the opinion tab. You'll see my full list of columns. This week's column is about the how the how the candidates are shifting their tones this week, which is something I'm about to talk about anyway. But just in case you want to uh, see it in writing, uh, you'll see a little bit different tone because uh, I'm not reading today. I'm just talking. So uh, I actually wrote when I when I did that one. So I got a chance to to think about it and edit it and do all that stuff. Okay, again, if you want to call me, 855-640-2020. So this week, uh, you know, after lis- losing to Ted Cruz in Colorado last week, uh, you know, in the in the uh, the delegate fight over there. Some were predicting that this week's New York primary would be the revenge of Trump. And they were right. Trump easily won his home state with uh he went over 60% of the vote gaining. I've heard different, different totals between 89 and 92 delegates. There's 95 delegates, 95 delegates. I heard Kasich got three. Now I'm hearing he got four. Um, and then some of the websites are saying he got 89 and Kasich got four, which only adds up to 93 and there's 95. Um, so, Trump ended up with somewhere between 89 and 92. I'm not really sure how that how the final numbers come out, but I guess they're still counting uh, absentee ballots or something. So uh, John John Kasich came in uh, second, winning four delegates, getting 25 percent of all the votes that were wasted on him because it's useless. He has no path to that. There's no way he's going to win. Um, and as for Ted Cruz, the candidate known for criticizing New York values, took a total of zero delegates okay in his victory speech in his victory speech tuesday night trump took on a noticeably positive tone where he's talking about his vision for the future 
going to use our great business people to negotiate unbelievable trade deals so we bring our jobs back and we don't let our companies go to Mexico and all of these other countries anymore. We're going to keep the jobs here. You're going to be very proud of this country very soon. Yeah, and uh, lots of people noticed that Trump's new tone, you know, I've noticed this a few times every now and then, maybe his, maybe it's his wife, Melania, says, talk presidential. Well, she says it in her in her uh, accent from wherever she's from. Um, so she probably says, "Talk presidential." I don't even. I can't even uh, imitate her imitate her uh, her accent. But um, maybe he thinks about it before he goes up and says, "Hey, I gotta I gotta be a little bit more gracious." And uh, um, people are talking about it. He refer he referred to uh, to Ted Cruz as Senator Senator Cruz and uh, Governor Governor Kasich, not John Kasich. He called him Governor Kasich uh, rather than Lion. Instead of calling uh, uh, Cruz Lion Ted, and I what does he call Kasich? He doesn't have a nickname for Kasich because Kasich's a nobody. He's a Democrat. He hasn't made up any uh, any uh, uh, nicknames for the Democrats except for uh, Hillary, which he just made up this week, which was uh, Crooked Hillary. Which, that's nothing special. Thought he was going to come up with something good. Crooked Clinton. Uh, Crooked, well, whatever it is. Anyway, so here's Megyn Kelly and Monica Crowley talking about his new tone. And you heard Donald Trump tonight sounding, you tell me, more presidential? Senator Cruz, not Lion Ted. Did you notice that? What do you think? A lot, I don't know if I've ever heard Donald Trump call Ted Cruz <laughs> Senator Cruz. Yeah, there, there was definitely a change in his tone and in his rhetoric tonight. I mean, this was classic Donald Trump in the sense that he's really in his element when he's the victor. Yeah, when he is the victor. After he gets, after he, he wins one, he uh, he's very uh, happy and has, uh, has his good attitude when he's uh, doing his victory lap. Um, after he gets slapped, he's not as uh, he's not as cool about it. Uh, but even though Trump was getting his this positive feedback, the campaign clarified that he would continue to use Lion Ted after Tuesday. I wouldn't be so sure to erase that," said Sarah Huckabee, the daughter of Mike Huckabee. You know, I said this before. You know, Mike Huckabee hasn't hasn't uh, endorsed Donald Trump. And you know, if he did, you know, I have I I respect Mike Huckabee. He's a good guy. He's a good Christian, uh, successful governor. I like his uh, I like the way he thinks. I don't really think he's my, he would be my pick for president. But if he actually got a nomination, I'd vote for him. And uh, but I like I just assume he'd go back on uh, on Fox News on Sunday afternoons like he used to. Um, I think he's I think he's a good man. But he doesn't endorse uh, Trump. But his daughter works for the uh, daughter works for the 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 Trump campaign, and uh, and you know you see like when Trump made that dumb comment about uh, uh, punishing moms for having for uh, for the woman who had an abortion, she'd have to she'd have to be some punishment for that. Um, where I think he just caught by got caught not ready for a that kind of a question and. Should have just said, you know what? I'm just not going to answer that at this time. Um, but Huckabee, Huckabee actually put out a, a statement. He said, "Hey, that was a stupid answer, but don't hold it against him." And uh, which kind of what I said. So, um, so anyway, Sarah Huckabee is uh, working for the Trump campaign. She told CNN that his nickname for Cruz will will pop up from time to time in Trump's speeches. She was correct because a few hours later on uh, Wednesday morning, Trump said this to the Indiana crowd. 
Indiana has lost one in five manufacturing jobs since China joined the World Trade Organization, 2002. Ted Cruz supports Chinese currency cheating. Lion Ted Cruz, Lion Ted. Lies, oh, he lies. You know, Ted, he brings the Bible, holds it high, puts it down, lies. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's part of what the crowd expects. At at uh, you know, this is different than back in the past when you had to go to a, a rally for the candidate just to find out what they're about. You know, I think uh, you know people say, "Hey, ten times in the past we've had uh, uh, contested uh, Republican conventions, and the person who was in front didn't become the nominee." And one of those times was was Abraham Lincoln. I don't think uh, there was a such thing as uh, iPhones back in 1860 when um, when uh, uh, when Abraham Lincoln was, I think it was 1860 or 1858 when he got, when he was first elected. Um, maybe it was 1858 and then 1862 was the re-election because he died in 1865, I think. I think it was 1865. Anyway, so after uh, the 13th Amendment was passed. So, uh, but I don't think they had had uh, cable TV and satellite TV. And, uh, you know, you had to wait for the newspaper and and, he, and see what somebody wrote about it. Of course, the, the media wasn't quite as as biased either back then. So uh, things were different. People, people have exposure like to in 2016 that they never experienced. If you remember back in 2008, Rudy Giuliani actually thought he was going to use Bill Clinton's uh, method and he was going to skip the first few primaries and basically just campaign his butt off in uh, in Florida and do as much face-to-face with people in Florida because Florida had so many delegates that if you added up Iowa and New Hampshire and South Carolina together that they didn't even come close to what Florida was. He was going to get a head start on everybody everybody else. But for three weeks, three weeks in a row, nobody saw Giuliani even getting any traction because he wasn't campaigning there. And by the time he got to Florida, you know, half the rest of the world was, you know, pulling, pulling that, you know, his, his numbers went way down. He was thinking that he, that he would have a big comeback in Florida. So what worked for, for Bill Clinton in 1992 didn't work for Rudy Giuliani in 2008. And now we're eight years, eight years later, 2016. So, uh, you know, there's a, there's, People are people are expecting certain things out of Trump, I think, you know, and hey, we're going to build the wall and who's going to pay for it? Mexico. So, you know, that's kind of some of the things that I'm sure I'll go see uh, Trump when he if he's local here talking. Um, I'm not sure what I'm expecting him to say other than what he said on TV anyway. But um, right now I'm a Trump guy. I'm a Trump guy, and, I, and you'll hear you'll hear some more why um, as we go. If you haven't heard enough already, um, although I'm not a never Ted Cruz either. If he gets the if he gets the uh, if he gets the nomination, I'm a never I'm a never Bernie Sanders and a never Hillary Clinton. I'm not a never anybody in the uh, Republican Party. But my gut tells me, and I think my gut is right. In 2008, I said Giuliani's the man. In 2012, I said Newt Gingrich was the man. And uh, and I you know I liked Herman Cain too in 2012. But it was not to be because we don't get our chance to uh, to uh, put out our opinion until it's almost the end. This year, we get to make the final decision. Hallelujah! It's going to be fun. So. Uh, so um, after after the reaction, the media the media was less than positive after he did his Lion Ted thing. Here's Geraldo Rivera, as if we care about what he says. 
you saw a different Donald Trump, much more presidential, quote unquote, last night. That moderation did not last through today because today he's in Indiana and he's all sharp elbows and, uh, Lion you know, Ted. Lion Ted and all the rest. He was exactly back to where right. he was before he won that overwhelming victory. Yeah, well, you know, point it out, Geraldo. You're a Democrat anyway. So uh, Trump also continued his mantra uh, that the primary process is rigged because of what happened from Colorado delegates last week. It's rigged for the lobbyists. It's rigged for the donors and it's rigged for the special interests. It's dishonest. They can take the delegates. They can put them in airplanes and fly them to resorts. They can have dinners with them. They can put them in hotels. Essentially, what they're saying is they can buy the election. You know, uh, I haven't I had uh, I had my uh, cousin Bruce on my uh, on my show with uh, Scott McAfee about a month ago. And uh, clearly. Clearly, both those guys were our our cruise guys. I'm a Trump guy. Uh, neither one of us, ne- none of none of the three of us, are going to not support whoever gets uh, elected. But um, I got some emails back from uh, Bruce uh, the other day talking about how how he just keeps criticizing Cruz for this. I don't think he's criticizing Cruz for getting those delegates. He's saying those delegates didn't come with votes they came with i mean those delegates didn't get voted in by the people i even saw somebody on uh i don't even remember who was in the hot seat on uh outnumbered uh one day this week and they say you know what it's like it's like the the delegates say hey you know what we want to see you we we think we like you guys to go vote because we think it's cute when you guys vote but we're going to keep this amount of delegates out there that we can fix if you guys get it wrong well you know what i thought we got to vote because we're Americans, and this is the government of the people, by the people, for the people. Not we don't work for them; they work for us. We vote. We decide who's going to be there. We elect the nominee. They don't. The the establishment doesn't select the the uh, the nominee. And I think that's what Trump is complaining about: is saying, "Hey, this isn't fair." In those states where they don't get to vote for them, they don't have Colorado and uh, Wyoming. They don't have their say. And there's, a, I think, there's. A, uh, maybe one other one that does that too, um, but you know they're saying, hey, you know he's he's they're calling him a whiner. He's just pointing it out, and I think a lot of us us uh, us uh, Trump uh, supporters are saying, hey, it isn't fair. He's not whining about it. It isn't fair uh, for those people. How come Colorado doesn't get to vote? How come the people don't get to have the say? It's the few delegates that are there, and they can be whined and dined. Here's Cruz talking about a uh, uh, a clip from his press conference on Wednesday, talking about calling a. Uh, Calling Trump a whiner. Donald whines about it is unfair that he doesn't get more delegates. You don't hear me up here complaining and whining, gosh, it is so unfair that New York Republicans have their votes count more than double what Texas Republicans have them vote. Well, you know why that is? Because New York people are twice as many people as Texas. Well, Texas is such a bigger state. Yeah, but there's a lot of land there. The land doesn't get to vote. The people do. So the the, the the amount of delegates for the state are based on the amount of people for the state. Well, that's quite a that's a lot that's a lot different argument than isn't it, uh, Ted? You know, hey, how come it gets to count twice as much? Because there's twice as many people there. You know, I was uh, Don and I went on a cruise to Australia, Australia, New Zealand uh, about three or four years ago, and. Uh, I was uh, talking to people in Australia because I'm saying, hey, you know what? If if Obama takes our country down the toilet, I might be living in Australia. So I'm talking to people there, and uh, and 
I was talking to a guy from uh, in Sydney, and uh, we were talking about um, America versus Australia. And he's saying, "Yeah, we had a we had a, when uh, John Howard was the prime minister, we had uh, I forget what he called it a freedom fund, uh, some kind of a surplus fund of taxes, and it was like a." Uh, hundred hundred million dollars, and now that they, you know, he says every now and then we we put in a liberal, which the the liberal party over there is called the the Labor Party, and the conservative party is called the Liberal Party. But they elected a Labor Party person to run the country, and within a couple of years, the that Freedom Fund or whatever it was called, that hundred million was gone, and now we're two hundred fifty million dollars in debt. I go two hundred fifty million dollars in debt. That's like our monthly interest payment. And you know, and I'm thinking, you know, main main uh, the mainland America is about is almost it's a little bit bigger, but it's almost about the same size as the whole country of Australia. He goes, yeah, but Australia has 25 million people. You guys have 350 million people. So there's a little bit of a difference, and you know, as far as the debt per person. So uh, so keep that in. You know what? How come America gets so many more votes in the world compared to Australia? It's almost the same size. Well, because we got. 10 times as many people here, maybe 15 times as many people here. So keep that in mind. So, uh, then, uh, cruise, uh, you know, cruise, cruise is currently now has a total of 559 delegates compared to Trump's 847. Uh, and it's now going around saying he truly believes there will be a contested Republican convention. Uh, here's more from his press conference on Wednesday morning. What is clear today is that we are headed to a contested convention. Nobody is able to reach 1237. I'm not going to reach 1237, and Donald Trump is not going to reach 1237. We're going to arrive in Cleveland with me having a ton of delegates and with Donald having a ton of delegates. And at that point, it is going to be a battle to see who can earn the support of a majority of the delegates elected by the people. Well, you know what? If you'll notice, he said, what is clear today? But the day before, let's say Monday, the day before the the New York uh, 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 voting, the New York primary, he was saying, there's only two people that have a path to the 1,237. I I can make it, and Donald Trump can make it. So John Kasich has no chance of getting there. He should drop out, because if you don't have a path to 1,237, you should drop out. One day later... All of a sudden, it's clear today that no one's going to make it. Well, what changed in that one day? Well, basically, they went through the New York primary, and Donald Trump got 89 to 92 more more delegates, and Cruz got zero. So what is clear today, meaning Wednesday morning, is Cruz has no way of making it, because if he got every single delegate that's left, he'd still be three short. If he got 100% of all the delegates, he's not going to get 100% of the delegates. Trump, on the other hand, still has a path. So I don't know. Is Lion Ted, is that a good Is that a good uh, nickname? Well, he's lying there. He is lying there. And what happened to, if you don't have a path to 1237, you should drop out? I don't know. You know what? There's something about Ted Cruz I just don't feel comfortable with. And there's a lot of things that Trump says Trump says that that I don't agree with, but I just think Trump sometimes talks out his butt and he talks says stuff that he uh, he doesn't think about and he probably should just 
you know, uh, not say nothing or just not answer the question, or he should just, you know, he should take a different route. But I don't think he says something because he really believes it. I think he says stuff he hadn't thought about yet. And, you know, he says some stuff that steps on people's toes. I'm okay with that. I want a guy that will make the right decisions and listen to the right people when it comes time to being president that has a sense to make the right decisions. And that's, uh, that's you know, uh, that's kind of that's where where I'm comfortable with Trump. And I think it's, it's underrated the ability to execute a plan to actually make, have the success that, that he's had that we don't know what, what Cruz has done. You know, he's a lawyer. Since when do anybody trust lawyers? I mean, I have a lawyer that I trust. He's my friend. Okay. But in general, when do you trust a lawyer for anything? Here's a businessman who's got lots of successes and all we want to do is, is talk about his the few the few failures that i'm gonna talk more about this after we come back from the break stay tuned five minutes of commercials traffic and weather i'll be right back with part two of the main event and welcome back to part two of the main event my name is ed hoffman president wholesale capital corporation your local direct mortgage lender if you need mortgage financing and you want someone that thinks like you that will deal straight with you and help you make decisions that are right for you. Call me toll free at 855-640-2020. 855-640-2020. I don't talk much about it on the radio uh, because uh, you guys switch the channels if we talk too much about mortgages and real fi- real estate finance. Uh, I want you to know who I am because the mortgage part's the easy part. It's thinking clearly and having some common sense that makes you feel comfortable with who you're going to do business with. And I will tell you, you don't stay in business long term doing the wrong thing for people. Okay? I've been in the mortgage business for 26 years, and I've got tons and tons and tons of repeat customers. And I don't do the radio show as advertising, obviously. I do it because I want to have my platform uh, platform to talk to you guys and uh, and help you think. Help you think clearly because I love this country and I think it's uh, somebody's got to do something or else uh, our kids and our grandkids aren't going to have the opportunities that we had. So we've been talking about uh, Donald Trump and why he's uh, why what makes him uh, so unpresidential. And everybody talks about him being uh, how unpresidential he is. Um, but I want to read some numbers that may prove that many voters think Cruz isn't much better and, uh, you know, ABC News last week uh, put a breakdown of GOP candidates and uh, personal popularity. So uh, so Donald Trump, and this is what they say, he can't win. Two-thirds of the people don't, don't have a favorable opinion of him. Well, favorable opinion can, can change a lot quicker than... Uh, than a lot of than a lot of things can, but Trump's uh, on this on this poll, sixty seven percent of people had an unfavorable opinion of Donald Trump. Thirty one percent of them have a favorable opinion, and two percent uh, don't have an opinion. Ted Cruz, who says, "Hey, two thirds of the people don't like Donald. He can't win." Well, uh, in the same in the same uh, uh, poll. Ted Cruz, 53% of the people have an unfavorable opinion of him. He's not that far behind Donald Trump. The only difference between Trump and Cruz is he hasn't, he hasn't, he isn't as vocal about the dumb things he says. But, uh, and his favorability is his uh, favorable opinion, 36, so versus 31 for Trump, and 11%, 11% have no opinion because they don't know him as well. And John Kasich, who I'm the only one that can beat Hillary, he's got a 39% unfavorable, 39% favorable, 22% have no opinion because they don't know who he is. And, uh, you know, while we're talking about Hillary, 
people for Hillary, 56% uh, unfavorable, 32% favorable. So uh, I don't see where any of these outshines anybody in in specifics on any of this stuff. And uh, the popularity thing, I just think this is overblown because as people get out, when it gets down to Hillary versus Trump or Hillary versus Cruz, people are going to see these people for four or five months, nothing on TV but that. And you're going to get a, a clear a clear picture. And so a lot of people, just a lot of people, and say, you know, hey, if you're listening to my show, you go, hey, you know, what do you mean people aren't watching this? Everybody's watching it. No, everybody's not watching it. Everybody's not watching it. And it's and it's really uh, it's really sad how how disconnected most people are that they don't pay attention to this stuff because this is really important. Because, you know, whatever happens on November 8th, the whether we save this country or not, isn't going to be for my benefit or most of your benefits. It's going to be the benefit of our kids and our grandkids. Because this, because whatever we do to turn this country around, we're not going to see the benefit of it in the next four years. We're going to see the, the we're going to see things change, but the biggest benefit's going to come 10, 15, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. And, uh, you know, we all hope to still be here at that time, but we're certainly not going to be in our, in our prime, uh, earning years and have to worry about that. We're going to be retired or gone. So, uh, and, uh, some people say, Hey, you know what? Uh, you know, I think when, uh, Bruce and Scott were here, they said, I say, Hey, you know what? Trump says some dumb stuff when he gets up there. I'm okay with that. He goes, yeah, but when Cruz, Cruz is on stage, he doesn't say dumb stuff. I don't know if that's true. We have to admit that not everything Cruz comes out sounding the way he means it. I'm going to play two clips from his uh, Tuesday night speech after he lost New York. And uh, you, you, tell me, uh, you tell me what you think. Here's the first one. He may have been knocked down, but America has always been best when she is lying down with her back on the mat and the crowd has given the final count. Yeah, I don't know if that came out just the way he wanted. We're always our best when we're lying down or with our back on the mat. Mm, I don't know if that came out that cool. And then uh, next it got even weirder when he tried to compare himself to Bernie Sanders. Is that a positive thing? Let's play this one. This is the year of the outsider. I'm an outsider. Bernie Sanders is an outsider. Both with the same diagnosis but both with very different paths to healing. Yeah, both. You know, I just don't think that's, I don't think that, well, hey, I'm an outsider, except for you're in the Senate. And surprisingly, no one's pointing out that no one in the Senate likes you and uh, and no one in the Congress likes you. And the people that are, that are, well, you know, five people out of our, out of all the 17 are supporting my campaign. Well, they're supporting your campaign not because they support you, but it's because you're the only one left and they don't like Trump because Trump said some mean stuff about him when he was trying to eliminate them from running. Uh, I think, uh, I wish I, I hadn't clipped the clip, but I, but we were talking about this when we were prepping the show. Lindsey Graham, when he, when he endorsed, well, you know, Cruz wasn't my first choice, uh, but of what we have left, I'm supporting Cruz. You, you know what? Uh, Lindsay, nobody cares who you support. So, uh, except for Ted Cruz, he's basking in it. So, uh, and, and let me, and let me, let me point out one other thing. You know, he's comparing himself to, uh, to, to, uh, Bernie Sanders. You know, what's funny people, people that are supporting Bernie Sanders, they like this idea of socialism. 
except for they don't even know what socialism is. I I asked uh, I asked some people in my family. I asked some people in uh, my company. People that I consider intelligent. People with uh, college degrees and some people without. And I said, uh, "Do you know what socialism is?" Uh, yeah, it's uh, when the country, uh, when the government, uh, mm, uh, well, they. Uh, uh, I said, "Okay, you don't know what it means." Okay, one of them said, "Well." I'll have to go back and reread some of my history books, but yeah, I know it is. I just all need to reread my. Wait a minute, I don't know how the kids that graduated uh, ten years ago are, but I graduated about thirty-five years ago, and uh, I didn't bring home my history books. I didn't bring home any books, and the ones that I kept from college, I threw away, um, and they weren't history books. Um, but the uh, I'm gonna check my history books to see what socialism is. Here, here's I don't remember who who wrote this, so but I'm gonna claim it for myself. But I know it's somebody else. I stole it from somebody else in an article. I just don't remember who wrote it. It's probably somebody really uh, really famous, and you've probably heard it before. Here's here's how communism, socialism, and capitalism works. Imagine you own two cows. Communism is the government takes your two cows and gives you a half a glass of milk. Socialism. The government takes one of your cows and gives it to one of your neighbors that didn't have a cow. Capitalism is you sell one of your cows and buy a bull. And when I explain this to someone in my office, they go, okay, yeah, I understand. I understand. I said, do you know why the capitalist sells the cow and buys a bull? And they go, because uh, bulls are worth more than cows. No, because with a bull and a cow, you can make lots of more bulls and more cows. Got a boy cow and a girl cow, and you get them, they mate, they make little calves that turn into big cows. You can get mixed milk and beef and all that stuff. Do you understand the the idea of uh, turning it into a uh, capitalistic multiplying thing? You know what? Kids don't know squat unless we tell them. Well, I don't really want to talk to them. They went to high school. They want, Mom, don't treat me like I'm stupid. Hey, guess what? They're stupid. We need to teach them. Hey, you know what? I like the idea of them paying off our student loans. I like the idea of us getting free college. Hey, what happens four years from now when you're out of college or eight years from now or 10 years from now when you finally get a job after college um, because that college degree isn't worth the paper it's written on uh, and you paid $200,000 for it? What happens when you're working and paying taxes and they got to take half your check to pay for somebody else to go to college. Now, how do you feel? Because these changes aren't going to be temporary changes. They're going to be long-term changes. So, and college is a temporary thing or childhood, uh, adolescent, uh, young adult, uh, naivety is a temporary situation, hopefully. So anyway, you guys talk to your kids, Talk to your coworkers because the people you think that are smart and intelligent at their job and therefore they must be smart and intelligent. I had somebody somebody at my office start to get into a conversation with me and defend Hillary. And I just was floored. You're joking, right? And then uh, a few days later they said, well, I'm not even registered. Well, what did you even what did you even draw first blood on that thing for? Why did you even start start the the conversation? You're not you're not even smart enough to get registered to vote. If you don't vote, you don't you don't get a chance to complain. Hey, if you're not registered Republican, go register now. June 7th is coming up. 
Okay, let me continue. So uh, with what's going on, I think we did did enough of that that part. Oh, I know. There's one other thing I saw on Newsmax. Uh, Newsmax on Friday morning. Politic from Politico. World leaders are frightened of Trump presidency. This is this is one of the things that I think tells the story. It doesn't tell the exact. I don't know that I got the same message that the Politico was trying to put out. World leaders are privately terrified Donald Trump will be selected president, but are keeping quietly pu- quiet publicly over fears of retaliation should billionaire businessman succeed in his quest for the White House. Okay, next paragraph. The, the website quoted more than two dozen, according to uh, Politico.com, blah, 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 blah. The website quoted more than two dozen U.S. and foreign officials saying world leaders are in full boil panic at the prospect of Trump presidency and are not comforted by President Barack Obama's assurances that Trump will either fail in his effort to secure the Republican nomination or will lose to Democrat Hillary Clinton in the general election. Most have watched as numerous predictions that Trump would, wouldn't go far in the primary process have failed miserably. They're scared and they're trying to understand how real this is, one American official said. They all ask. They follow our politics with, with excruciating detail. They ask, what is this Trump phenomenon? Can he really win? What would it mean to U.S. policy going forward for or U.S. engagement in the world? They're all sort of incredulous. Many are rushing to make deals with Obama administration. What does this tell you, guys? What does this tell you? In Europe, we are concerned about the U.S. possibly turning more towards isolation or isolationist orientation. That would not be good for the United States, good for Europe, or good for the world, said Ali Rain, Finnish Minister of Economic Affairs. We need the U.S. engaged in global affairs in a constructive, positive way. However much people recoiled from George W. Bush or have been disappointed by Obama, they see Trump as a as off the Richter scale. You know what does this what does this tell you? You know what is this like? You know what? Hey, Iran is Iran when uh, was a little concerned when Reagan was coming into office. That's why the day they the day they uh, after they were holding our hostages for what a year and a half, four hundred and forty four days or something like that. And uh, wouldn't let him out for Carter. They weren't scared of Carter. But when, as soon as Reagan got inaugurated, the day he got inaugurated, they released them all. We're concerned about Reagan getting uh, elected because he doesn't sound like he's going to be a pushover like Carter. We're concerned about Trump because he doesn't. He's not going to be a wuss like uh, like uh, Barack insane Obama is. Uh, they're rushing to make deals with with Obama because Trump won't do those deals. This should, yeah, I think they were writing the article like say, hey, you guys should think about this. This Trump thing might not be a good thing. I think it. I think this is what we should be should be happy about. This should encourage you guys to support Trump. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. So let me continue. I got a couple more things to talk about, and I'm got uh, about 11 minutes left. So uh, uh, on the Democratic side, Hillary won her adopted home state of New York with 58 percent of the vote, taking 139 delegates. The delegates on the on the Democrat side are different than delegates on on the Republican side. They got different numbers for for all the states. Not surprisingly, Bernie Sanders, being an actual native of New York, uh, was not far behind. He won forty two percent. You know, he uh, he really killed her on a few of the states. And then uh, when she wins, he's right. He's right. You know, to me, fifty eight to forty two in New York, not that big of a deal. Um, so he got one hundred six delegates. She got one hundred thirty nine. That's not that big of a difference there. Last week, we talked about Hillary's angry, racially charged rhetoric designed to appeal to African-American voters in New York. This week, she did a total 180 by trying to show them 
how fun she is on the hip hop radio show. Listen to the host call her out and then her reaction. What's something that you always carry with you? Hot Just sauce. Really? You, yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Are you getting information right now? <laughs> hot sauce. Hot sauce wow. in my bag, Swag? Hot sauce. Really? Yes. Now, yes. listen, I just want you to know people are going to see this and say, okay, she's pandering to black people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it working? Yeah. <laughs> What a joke. Hey, for those of you white people out there that don't know what, what any of this stuff means, um, Hillary hot sauce, hot sauce uh, information refers to, so I had to Google this because I didn't, because, you know, after I, I heard this, I go, what does that mean? Is hot sauce in your purse like junk in your trunk or something? Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm not hip enough in uh, to understand this stuff because I don't listen to hip hop or Beyonce or Jay Z or any of these guys. I listen to music that has words and tunes you can hum, and uh, you know it talks about things that are inspirational, that kind of stuff. Um, so apparently, uh, it refers to some song that. Uh, getting in formation to be part of the Black Panthers, something that Beyonce sang at the Super Bowl. I also didn't watch that because I was, uh, you know, the commercials were off. I was uh, getting some, uh, I was getting a refill of nachos or whatever else Don made on Super Bowl day. Don't remember. Um, but it was sports food of some sort and lots of it. Uh, because that, to my, as far as I'm concerned, that's the only reason that football and basketball and baseball exist is an excuse to eat food and have adult beverages because it doesn't do anything else for the world um so later donald trump uh was asked about it on fox and friends here was his comment is that an authentic answer donald trump no it's the same thing that she always does she carries hot sauce like i carry hot sauce he's it just i don't know it's just so phony it's so pandering it's so terrible she's trying to be cool you know hey i carry hot sauce with me all the time i'm getting information Getting a uh, hot sauce. Uh, what, what do you say? Something uh, hot sauce in my bag swag. I don't know what all that means, but I read I read the word, so I knew what he said. So, uh, but the attempt to appeal to black voters with her love of hot sauce wasn't the only pandering that Hillary did in the radio interview. Uh, here's a montage of where she checks all kinds of things off her Af- African American list. Listen to all the name dropping in this little in this little uh, part of the interview. I went to Michelle Obama's um, birthday party and Beyonce performed. Mm -hmm. It was so amazing. I went to work for the Children's Defense Fund, and that was started by one of my mentors and great friends, a woman named Marion Wright Edelman, who uh, was the first African-American woman to pass the Mississippi bar, a friend of Dr. King's. Look, white people have to recognize there is systemic racism. Wow. I'm just amazed. Hey, you know what? If you're out there and you know somebody that if if you're out there and you're thinking Hillary is qualified to be president, uh, you need to uh, to stick a flashlight up to your right ear and then put your left ear close to the wall and turn the lights out, turn the lights out and see if there's something shining through your uh, through your ear uh, because apparently you don't have any gray matter in in your head and you should be have that checked. And uh, if you know someone who thinks Hillary is the is the right one, you need to hit them over the head with a with a two by four and uh, or a hammer or something, and uh, see if we can get you know you know how how you adjust your TV in the old days when it didn't work, you just you pound it on the side, you kick it a little bit, see if it'll you know how, if you've seen the the scene from uh, uh, Armageddon when uh, they can't start the space shuttle to get off the uh, uh, and this is how we fix things in Russian space station. He's hitting the hitting the the. The components with a big, big wrench, 
And then all of a sudden it turns on. All right, that's how you fix things, Kay. Anybody who thinks Hillary is qualified to be president, I think she's qualified to be in jail, um, needs to have their head examined. So some people have wondered if all this was damage control uh, after last week's failed uh, CP time. Remember? Hey, I'm running at CP time. Oh, I don't know if I like that kind of a joke. Oh, he meant cautious politician. You know, hey, it was supposed to be a, a shock. Hey, did they just say CP time uh, in front of all these black people? Uh, 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 oh, no, I, was, I meant ca- cautious po- uh, cautious politician. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So uh, th- they thought that they thought that was funny. It wasn't. It went over really awkward and really stupid. So now uh, Hillary's doing damage control. Kind of like how Bernie Sanders or... Uh, or uh, or anybody else, you know, hey, you get a, I'm trying to think of who else, oh, Bernie Sanders, or I think it was uh, Hillary Clinton. Hey, if you have, if you do something that uh, that gets into that racial area, just go have a photo op with Al Sharpton or Jesse Jackson. That always fixes it. So uh, here's, uh, somebody asked a uh, uh, Democrat National Commi- Committee uh, uh, chairperson, uh, Debbie Wasserman, De- Debbie Wasserman Schultz, uh, also known as Debbie Blabbermouth Schultz by Rush listeners. Um, here's her non-answer on it. You know, I, I, I've been asked over and over to comment on different aspects or things that each of our candidates have said. I just think it's not appropriate for me to weigh in on things like that. It's it, that That's better asked of the candidates themselves and the people that are specifically advocating on behalf of those candidates. Well, I'll hand it to her. That was probably a smart answer. Uh, is no answer. Maybe Trump should learn from that. Hey, uh, would you punish people that had abortions? Uh, I don't think that's really my place to answer that. Uh, maybe we should, uh, you know, he should have just done the sidestep out of that one too. But uh, anyway, that's that was the uh, the week in Hillary. So uh, then uh, coming up, uh, then after that, we have President Obama traveled to Saudi Arabia this week, coinciding with the Pending legislation that would enable the 9-11 victim families to sue the Saudi Arabian government in light of the fact that 19 of the 9-11 hijackers were Saudi Saudi nationals. So you have all these guys that were originally from uh, Saudi Arabia that traveled over to uh, Afghanistan, got trained by... Uh, by uh, bin Laden, who's also a, a Saudi national, uh, ri- uh, part of a rich bin Laden family, who basically was, uh, as I understand it, booted out of his out of his family, kind of a, an outcast, took his money and went to Afghanistan, and you know had a fully fully uh, rehabbed cave that he was living in, with all the all the all the all the nice stuff that you can put in a cave, and uh, and then organized the the 9/11. Uh, 9/11 coordinated attack on America. So, um, so, um, so there's a, some new pressure to declassify 28 secret pages of of Congress 9/11 inquiry, which were sealed under uh, order from President Bush. Which, yeah, that doesn't make me happy about that. And later turned over to the 9/11 Commission. The pages are believed to describe the the ways that Saudi Arabia may have supported the 9/11 attacks uh, on Sunday. This is, and I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what opinion I have on that. I, I don't know why they would have sealed that, and I think they shouldn't have. I'm not really comfortable with that. But uh, on Sunday, on 60 Minutes, they were had a, they were talking to uh, Barack Insane Obama about that. The 28 pages of the 9/11 report. Have you read it? Uh, you know, I have a sense of what's in there, uh, but this has been. 
uh, a process which we generally deal with through the uh, intelligence community and Jim Clapper, uh, our director of uh, national intelligence, uh, has been going through to make sure that uh, whatever it is that is released is not going to compromise some uh, major uh, national security interest of the United States. Uh, there are just reams of intelligence that are coming through constantly. Some of them are raw and not tested. Some of them are. And some of that uh, may be in the 20th pages. And some of that may be in the 20th pages. I don't know. Yeah, he didn't read it. You know, what does Obama do? He doesn't read something as important as this. He's dry, he's going over to Saudi Arabia to meet with them and and suck up to the Saudi Arabian people. And he didn't read read the pages. This is something pretty important. What does he do when he's on Air Force One? You know, is he got uh, is he watching movies? He got hookers up there. Um, what is going on all that time? You know, it's not a normal flight. It's you know that's a big luxury, uh, fully functional. Uh, office of the president. He can do anything from up there, but he hasn't read this stuff. I wonder what he does, what he's been doing for eight years. Obama wants to dance around this, Who, uh, but you know who didn't was my favorite presidential candidate from 2008, Rudy Giuliani, the former New York City mayor, says he was once, this is how they're spinning, like he was once offered $10 million by a Saudi prince to cover up Saudi Arabia's role. Uh, let me play that clip. I was given a check by a uh, Saudi Arabian prince for $10 million, and he had the temerity to put out a press release blaming America and Israel for the attack of September 11. And I can't tell you what I said when I decided to tear up the check and give it back to him because I can't repeat it on, te on television. His money he can keep and go burn it in hell. I don't only need to know, but the American people need to know exactly what was the role of the Saudi Arabian government in the attack. Yeah, I agree with uh, Rudy Giuliani. Um, what, how they're spinning it like he was offered $10 million to cover up Saudi's role, as I remember it from uh, 15 years ago, was uh, they made a comment. Giuliani didn't agree with it and didn't appreciate it, was offended by it, and because of that, they gave him, they were, uh, when they offered $10 million to help re to rebuild the city, he denied it. Anyway, uh, we'll talk more about this as it comes around, but I'm out of time for this uh, episode of the main event. So uh, thanks for listening to the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman. I'll be back again with you next week.